0: This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin... Dr- oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> Kevin Durant. Kevin <laughs> <and> Durant, <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. Again.
0: So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Enes Cantor. You're listening or... to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down, to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll, I'll say to that. Down Dunk. <laughs> Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna Cantor And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of DailyThunder.com and also Almighty Baller Radio. You can hear us on Dash Radio Saturday afternoons. With me today, Hot Ham Wednesday, John Ham. John, what's up? It is a wacky Wednesday. It is, it's, and it's great weather. We have gotten some great weather lately.
1: I am. I'm am looking forward to my lunchtime run. Ooh. Now that the weather is actually nice again, yeah, like, you know, I can. I, I've got a little path where I can base. I can kind of go through the memorial, make a lap, you know, around there, kind of go down to the Crystal Gardens, you yes. know, do a, like a little little six mile loop. So it's good for
0: clearing the brain out. That's awesome. My wife and I actually did almost that exact same loop last week on our birthday. We stayed downtown. Uh, yeah, and ran the down by the memorial, and then through the gardens <clears throat> and everything is it it's <clears throat> it's spectacular. <laughs> it's so it's, great. It's, it's pretty nice. I mean, here's the thing: like,
1: run, you know, like running or walking through downtown Oklahoma City is kind of cool. It, it really is. is. I mean yeah. i I understand it's not like Wall Street or whatever in New York. I, I've never been in New York, but yeah. you know, uh, but still, I mean, it's it, it's kinda, it's kind of it's kind of neat. So yeah.
0: it's like running through one of those cities if it were deserted. <laughs> right. <laughs> we ran through it in the morning. It was, it was probably like 8 o'clock in the morning, but we saw maybe like yeah. four people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't don't have
0: to dodge a lot of people, that's for sure. No. Uh, this is a great time to just let you know about our sponsor, Anchor Down, because they have a spectacular patio. And if you like to sit out on a patio and have a beverage, Anchor Down is a place to go. They're in downtown in Deep Deuce off 2nd Street. They have some incredible pizza tots there. They've got, obviously, they've got great corn dogs. That's what they're known for. But they've also got these pizza tots that are incredible. The salad is spectacular. The beer is great. It's a really just a kind of a cool spot. And so if you want to go sit out on a patio at night, this is a great place to go. Uh, also, a really good lunch spot. Uh, so go check out Anchor Down today. John, I wanted to start the podcast today. Uh, with answering one question. And it's a question that a lot of people are asking all the time. Basically, ever since Kevin Durant left, how did the Thunder become title contenders again? And I kind of wanted to work through this together and then we can answer um, some mailbag questions. But how do you yeah. how do you think the Thunder get back into title contention?
1: Uh, this is the massive challenge they face. Um, and part of the problem here, Andrew, is that you know, they spent during the Durant Westbrook years, you know, they spent that time. They cashed in some future assets, like to go out and get Dion, to go out and get Ennis Cantor, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of doing everything in anticipation of setting everything up for Kevin Durant to resign and then Kevin Durant leaves. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, now you look forward over the next few years, well some of those assets they sent out they don't have access to, you know, because they were, you know, used to kind of build the team up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh this is the challenge. I mean from an asset standpoint, from a cap standpoint, um fr- from a like a financial standpoint. Um and also like a reality standpoint. Because I mean, and think about it because you know we've obviously we've seen people out there that are all on, go get Blake Griffin, go get Gordon Hayward. And even if the Thunder had the tool to do that, who was the last premier free agent to go to a small market team?
0: Uh, it was LaMarcus Aldridge, right?
1: And how, did, how has that turned out?
0: It hasn't been the best thing in the world.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, I think San Antonio will be looking to move on from him this summer. So, yeah. But yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge... Um, and okay. Think about this San Antonio, right? The legendary small market, San Antonio Spurs, Mm -hmm. right? In the modern salary cap era, which is 1999. That's when max salaries came in, luxury taxes, all that stuff. It's only, it only took them 18 years to lure a big time free agent to the small market. And it helped that he had local ties Yeah, because he played it. He played at the university of Texas at Austin. So, Mm -hmm. um, some of this is kind of a reality check, you know, uh, who knows, maybe Blake Griffin does long to come back to Oklahoma. I, I don't know. I think if, I think if he wants to, they'll certainly have a look to see how to make that happen. But sure. I don't know. Is Blake Griffin, does, does he strike you as a guy that, you know, is eighteen is to come back and play in a small market? I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. I,
0: I don't see it, but that's really like Oklahoma city's only chance, right? is if somebody's got like local ties here, and there's something that is calling them back. Because at this point in time, the Thunder aren't getting a max free agent to come here, unless they think, like, in a couple of years that uh, Nikola Vucevic is a max free agent. Like, they're not getting a max free right. agent. They're not getting Blake... Um. They, and it would anyway, it have to be a sign and trade. It would have to. Be, he would have to express extreme interest, and it would have to be him expressing it rather than the Thunder, because right. the Thunder just can't. They'll be like, "Okay, we really want you, and to make it happen, we got to jump through these five thousand loops. Are you with <laughs> me? You know, I right? Mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's not happening. Um, and then that's like, again, that, that's, it's just impossible.
1: Yeah, and that's just the reality. And by the way, it's. It's not unique to Oklahoma City. I think that's something else that people kind of need to understand, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. Memphis, you know, created a bunch of salary cap last year because of the cap spike, and they got a broken Chandler Parsons out of the deal, you know? Um, So, and even then, you know, they kind of had a little advantage with Mark Gasol being, a, you know, essentially a local kid. I mean, going to high school in Memphis and, you know, kind of of laying down his roots there. But, I mean, go around, you know, look, what is Indiana going to do? Right, you know they're they're in they're in a situation like Oklahoma City, only the supporting cast around Paul George is worse.
0: Right, Charlotte. So, I mean, there's just a lot of Charlotte. teams that that you can't you can't pull these guys. You're right that this is a not the Oklahoma City is not a unique situation by any stretch of right. the imagination that they they've got some hurdles that are real and a lot of the mistakes that are made are made in free agency too, and I think that. Presti and his crew know that. I mean, look at all the, these awful contracts. Yan Mahimi in Washington. Like, do they wish they, they didn't give him that long deal? Probably oh so. Oh my god, yeah. him Noah. Man, just the, Awful deal. The I summer, mean, of, yeah. summer of 2016
1: is just the summer of regret,
0: you know? <laughs> it really um, is. Solomon Hill.
1: But even, yeah. So, like, you know, just kind of on a side note, like I've heard people, you know, suggest that, well, you know, Durant screwed the Thunder because he waited so long that by the time he made his decision, the Thunder couldn't find anyone in free agency. No, that's okay. Or else this team would have been, you know, bidding for the likes of Luol Deng's contract or Evan Turner's contract. Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of a silver lining. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the challenge there. And so, you know, if anyone wonders, you know, why this team kind of does things the way it does, Those realities factor into it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's understood that Oklahoma City doesn't have the beachfront view that Miami has, right? Um, You know, does not have, frankly, doesn't have the revenue streams that, uh, you know, uh, uh, L.A. Lakers or L.A. Clippers have or, you know, uh, even a Houston, you know, like the Houston market is exploding. I mean, like in population, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know. It's all of those factors that come into play. So these are the challenges with being a small market team, and you know the team rose up to prominence very quickly, and that was that was a pretty cool thing. Um, but yeah, getting back there, I mean it's it's certainly it's certainly not a given. Although I you know, I can promise you that I think everyone in the organization really wants to find a way to get back
0: there. Yeah, it's it is going to be tough, and here's about the only way that I can see it happening is if they somehow pull off a Kawhi Leonard for George Hill type trade where they're able to trade like at an Ola Depot. I mean, ideally the trade would be you trade Cantor for a lottery pick that becomes a superstar. I mean, like that would be, <laughs> right, like that's the right. dream. But like a more likely scenario is that you're trading a guy with more value than that. Like George Hill had a lot of value back then and he was a guy that you heard murmurs that the Spurs were considering trading Tony Parker instead of him, and letting George mm-hmm. Hill kind of take the reins. Which, in hindsight, like would make a ton of sense right now, um, right? But, but they they traded George Hill. They got this mid first round pick. This was he the fifteenth pick or the fourth? It was fifteen. It was yeah, 15. fifteen. So not even a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And that and, guy somehow uh, turned into. <laughs> Top yeah. two, top three player in the NBA.
1: Yeah. And they also got Davis Bertans. I mean, don't don't overlook that <laughs> angle of the of trade, too. That's true.
0: So. I actually look, looked up that trade earlier and saw that. I was like, oh, like hey, there, Davis. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah. So. I, but no, you're, you're exactly right. That's how they're going right. to do it. I, that's about the only way. That's why I want OGN and, and OB so bad, is because I can see, like, the potential, at least for. A top-flight defender, but potentially a guy that can be a, you know, a monster three and D player, and right. I just don't see any of those guys at twenty-one. And also, you know what? I don't see a lot of things that are happening, so there could be a guy at twenty-one <laughs> that could be a star. Um, but I'm just saying yeah. from my very tiny scope. That's that's what I see.
1: And so then you think about. I mean, the the other argument we hear a lot is. Well, the supporting cast is not on Russ's timeline, which is, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, that's, yeah. that's accurate. But if, mm-hmm. if you go back and you look at San Antonio when it traded for Kawhi Leonard, he wasn't on Tim Duncan's timeline.
0: Oh, yeah. He wasn't
1: on close. Tony Parker's timeline. So, you know, you it, you can make it work, but, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of luck. It honestly does. And that yeah. sounds like a cop but, I mean, it's just fact. <laughs> yeah. Popovich will tell you they were lucky with Kawhi Leonard. Um, He could have very well turned out to be Damari Carroll, a perfectly fine NBA player that you would typically with at the the 15th pick in the draft.
0: Right. And ideally, the Thunder could have everybody on the same timeline and be pushing forward. Um, But it's not like they're on a this is not like a bad thing for the Thunder is that they are going to continue to get better internally. Uh, and nobody wants to hear that, I, but I really do think that the theme of this summer is going to be internal development. And they're going to try to add a point guard. They're going to try to do something in the draft. Sure, and if they can make a big splashy move that helps them be, you know, push them up to the top tier in the West, of course they're going to do it. But those those opportunities are not always available. So just be prepared yep. for the theme of the summer to be internal development. And also, like... This team can be a lot different, even as currently constructed, as as the way that they play and the minutes, the way the minutes are distributed. I think that Alex Abrinas has got to play more next season. I think Doug McDermott has got oh, to, got to play more next season. They've got to get their shooters out there, and that was one of the things that I kind of that kind of everybody struggled with was like why like why aren't these guys playing more? Um, right, and a lot of the answer is defense. Um, but the Thunder are going to have to figure it out because they're going to have to reshape this roster with what they have, then plus like one or two pieces. Uh, And that's really probably the most likely scenario that we're coming into next season with is that they have pretty much the same team. They have a new backup point guard. Uh, They maybe traded Ennis for I don't know what, Uh, but it's going to be relatively the same team but they're going to have to play differently, and they're going to have to get these young shooters some more time with Russ on the court. Uh, and those are that's kind of the most likely scenario. And maybe I think that they could be a lot better. I think that they could, you know, push the four or five seed, or maybe even as high as three. Uh, they could do that, um, but title contending is going to be tough. And you know, if the, if Blake Griffin did come to the Thunder, let's say, let's say he does come. And they trade Ennis Cantor and Doug McDermott and the pick that they get this summer, you know, after, after the draft for mm-hmm. Blake Griffin. And then they fill in with role players that are, you know, at minimum deals that are not great players but serviceable. I mean, I think that it does push the Thunder into the top tier below the Warriors, which is really... <laughs> I mean, no one no one is going to reach the Warriors, at least in this couple-year span, um, that they that they have this crew. Like, it's going to be really tough to push yourself that high, but I think the Thunder could push themselves up there. Um, but Blake is always... I mean, there is a lot of risk and a lot of reward when it comes to Blake Griffin. Like, he could come here, be injury-free. Like, Tim Duncan had a ton of injuries early on in his career, and it looks like, man, he may not have much longevity. Um, but then he had just you know, great health, the second half of his career and Blake, Blake could be the same way, or he could be a Mari Stoudemire where he just completely breaks down, um, is a role player and just ends up leaving the league and jumping into a wine bath. Like you just don't, you just don't know. Uh, so I, I if, if you're Sam, I think that you have to take the risk because I don't think you would be giving up that much to get him, uh, and he's a good passer. He can, He's shown an ability to shoot from three. He gives you that second secondary ball handler that plays with Russ, pick-and-roll partner. Like, you have to do that. But, I mean, I'd put the chances at, like, 2% or something like that of, of Blake coming here. I, I would. I think he'd probably go to Miami first. I think he'd probably just stay with the Clippers and take all the money. Uh, I, th- I think he, yeah. he's got better options out there.
1: And, I mean, let's... Let's think about that. So the Clippers, in order to bring everyone back, is is going to be it's going to be massive financially for them to do that. Yes. Um, uh, The the number floated by Bobby Marks was like two hundred and eighty million. That's for one year. That's for one year. When you factor in the the Clippers are in the repeater tax, so their tax rates are even higher. Right. And. As a result of being a tax team, they lose access to some of the tools that could actually help patch some of the holes on the roster. But, yeah, but now let's think about it. This is the L.A. Clippers. They're at the L.A. Central Los Angeles, the second most populous city in the U.S.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, their, their owner uh, founded some software company a long time ago. He's, he's got a few dollars on hand. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, is... I mean, they've tried to, they've made things a little bit better in in, in the league uh, because it used to be the haves and the have nots. Um, It's gotten a little bit better with some revenue sharing, but still you're going to have teams, you know, the big market teams are always access to more revenue than the smaller market teams. So it seemed like the Clippers are going to be able to, you know, fork out, you know, whatever, you know, I, I don't care if it's a second round team, you know, it's, I've got the resources to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas not just Oklahoma city, but these other small markets we've mentioned, Indiana, Memphis, new Orleans, other ones are, you know, they're kind of like having to go, well, we got to think this through because, you know, it might take a small market team, like two to three, four years of being like a high revenue team to afford a year or two of luxury tax in this new tax model. Whereas, right. you know, Steve Ballmer can just cough, and, and make that happen. So I mean, that, that's reality. I know people don't like to hear that either because it's, it's just easy to jump on cheap ownership. Um, yeah. But I mean, like some of these financial things are real. And then here's the other crazy thing is like, like I mentioned, the NBA does have a revenue sharing model where essentially there's one formula that every team, they take their revenue through this pool. And then there's another formula that they get money out of the pool. Or maybe they don't. You know, maybe they put in ten and get back ten. Um, Oklahoma City is paying into that revenue sharing pool. The third smallest market in the NBA is is putting money into the revenue you know, sharing pool to help keep Indiana operational, <laughs> to help keep Memphis up and running. So, you know, it, 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 there's all these little things too. People don't like to hear you know like billionaires not having you know money. But look, I mean. Financial restraints and, and budgets are real no matter if you're on minimum wage or if you own a pro basketball team. That's that's just reality.
0: Right. And <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Thunder could do themselves some favors as far as like generating some more revenue. I I think some of that to me, and this isn't going to generate just a mass amount of revenue, but it's, it would help a lot, is if they just had a cooler brand. Because they've got one of the coolest players in the NBA in Russell Westbrook. I think if they had a cooler brand and didn't have like this Shield basketball OKC logo, um, I think that would help. I think that a lot of people would be like, oh, well, I'd love to wear a Russell Westbrook shirt that has, you know, blah, blah, blah on it, that has this really cool logo. Like the Thunder are really cool. Like a lot of people like to wear Brooklyn Nets stuff. And, like, nobody's cool on the Brooklyn Nets outside of Jeremy Lynn. Like, You know, but they've got, like, cool gear. Like, people are like, I, I want to wear that. I, don't, I know their team is awful and are going to be awful for the next 10 years because they've traded all of their things for old Kevin Garnett. But I, I think that that would go a long way. And there's a Twitter question that kind of leads us into that. Um, let me find it. Because Nike's taking over... Um, Yeah. And who asked? And all the
1: Adidas stuff is like 50% off if you go and find it. Oh, is it really? I've seen in a lot of places like, yeah, Adidas uh, NBA stuff is being marked down. So, yeah. Uh, Something to keep your eyes open for.
0: (laughs) This is from the real Ryan VK with Nike taking over the apparel contract. Should we expect any changes for the Thunder? Are there any changes you'd like to see? Yeah, I'd like to see a complete rebrand. Uh, I think that it's time. Yeah. I really do. I think that the Thunder could use it. I think it would kind of help rejuvenate things and kind of set the Thunder in a new era um, with Russell Westbrook and with this team and um, just kind of give some newness and some freshness to the jerseys and to the court logo and everything. I have my doubts that anything will drastically happen because that's not... I mean, the Thunder have never... Really shown to be a a team that's going to do drastic things. Uh, But I do think that they're due for uh, a logo change and all these things to happen because it's, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, it's, they have some of the worst jerseys in the league because they're just bland and they have some. Their logo is just not any good, um, so I, I'd like to see a complete rebrand. There's a lot of people that have put a bunch of stuff out there. There's a lot of good stuff out there that you know college students have you know made on their computers and put out there. But I don't know. I like I'd like to see a complete rebrand. What What say you, John Hamm?
1: I here's my counterpoint to that. What is so special about the damn Celtics leprechaun logo?
0: it's just classic i guess
1: okay that's my point it's got 17 nba titles behind it if that was the logo of the i don't know charlotte celtics yeah i feel like we'd be, we'd be ripping it mercilessly um so i i do think that i i feel like this is something that people are going to look back on 10 years from now and it's, it's going to be retro it's going to be cool i mean that's that's how I feel about it. I just, I feel like a lot of the logos in the NBA there's some there's some really cool ones, but yeah. some of the popular ones, I mean the Lakers, you know, it's it, it's an it's an L with like flying purple things coming off of it or something. <laughs> I I don't know. Like let's let's not pretend like, you know, that these are Picassos that are out there. So, having said that, I mean there seems to be a trend across the league on teams rebranding and going with a circular logo. Yeah. And I I, I would imagine that's probably by design, and probably you know teams are kind of rolling that out as you know as the opportunity comes along. Whether it's I don't know uh, a trademark or a you know copyright, I I, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but teams are doing this kind of across the league. So I would expect at some point, you know, the Thunder do something like that. Personally, I like the home jerseys. I like the home whites a lot. The the
0: whites, Um, the whites are all right. The whites are all right. The, the the road,
1: eh, you know, I, I'm not so, the, the, yeah, the blue with Oklahoma City. I'm not, I'm not all that wild about those. Yeah. Um, but I do understand wanting to get the full city name on there. And unfortunately, because, you know, Oklahoma City has 98 characters in it, that's kind of how you have to do it. So,
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think the color scheme's changing. I honestly don't. Um, yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it's blue because of the Oklahoma flag. Um, it's the sunset because it's a mix between OSU orange and Sooner crimson. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like those color schemes aren't going to change.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they should change it. I think I think that I don't know that it would. I, I honestly, I don't know how much revenue it would generate, but I'd like to see just something fresh brought in for the Thunder. It has it doesn't have to be like. Throw everything away, you know. I think right. you can keep the color scheme; that's fine. Um, but bring in something new, something that people, I don't know, can identify with more. I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I've never no. liked the logo. I've never. I never even when they announced that they were going to be the Thunder. I wasn't a huge fan of that either. Um, but the the Thunder stuff is fine now. I think that people yeah. very much that's they're tied to that um but the logo itself i mean i'm not even sure what it is exactly i know it's there's a basketball <laughs> there you have okc kind of coming in in a slight diagonal you have these like yeah. two stripes coming through um like a sh- like a shield like i don't even like i i'm not even sure what that is or how that like i like identifies like as thunder like the Celtics logo, like, there's clearly a, 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 a tiny little Celtic man winking at you. Great. That completely identifies what's <laughs> yep. happening here. And maybe that's one of the problems with the name Thunder is that, like, Thunder is a noise, right? It's not, right. A, <laughs> it's not a, yeah. an actual thing. Um, but, like, some of the stuff people do with, like, the bison and with, like, um, some kind of lightning bolt or something right. like that, like, those things are like, oh, you got the rumbling bison. You have got the, the lightning right. that you know precedes the thunder and whatnot. I mean, it's just. I mean, that, those kind of things. Are like, okay, that's that's thunder, and that's pretty. That's pretty cool. And there's some cool stuff out there. Like the Up to Thunder guys have have a cool logo um, that looks thundery. Um, but I, yeah. I just think that the logo itself could use a rebrand, um, and I think the fan base would welcome it. I think they would. I think a majority of the fan base would welcome it.
1: I think so, and then I also think you would see a lot of people still wearing the old stuff because it's nostalgic.
0: Sure. And that and so, you, can, you can have that, too. You can have it all, yeah. fans. You can have it you all. Can.
1: You can. <laughs> but long story short, I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes coming up. To what extent, I don't really know. But I, uh, I suspect at some point that's going to happen because of you know what we're seeing elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I expect them to be minor changes. I would not expect wholesale changes um, for the Thunder, although I wish... They they would have them. Um, okay, next question from this is Danny Tweeterman the at the real unders the underscore real underscore D B W. He says rank these guards hypothetically playing alongside or behind, alongside and behind Russ uh, Terry Rozier George Hill Tim Hardaway Jr. Darren Williams, Will Barton, Raymond Felton, and Sean Livingston. So these are like trade candidates or possible uh, free agents they could sign. Uh, so hypothetically, number one is hundred percent George Hill. Do you disagree? <laughs> no,
1: oh, no doubt, And there's also yeah one hundred percent agree and zero percent chance of it would happen, but
0: yeah, unless the thunder, unless they're just like, all right. 20, or a $40 million dollar cap spike for only the thunder you know um, <laughs> just as a gift to the thunder you can have forty million yeah. extra dollars on your cap, uh, then they could chase george hill, but they 're not they 're not getting george hill so don 't get your hopes up, but he 'd be perfect he 's a guy that I put in a ton of fake trades over the past couple of years because he oh can, man yeah he can back up Russ, he can come in and play shooting guard next to russell westbrook he 's a spot up shooter. He can create his own shot. I mean, he would be perfect. uh, But they're not getting him because he is that good. He is all those things I just said.
1: (laughs) He's going to. He's probably going to earn something in the neighborhood of twenty million dollars next season. And and I think he's thirty. Is he thirty one? He. I think he.
0: I think he is. If he's not thirty one, he's for sure thirty. Fact check time. Pretty close.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Oh, he is. Yes, he's 31. He on May 4th he turned 31.
0: Yeah. Oh well, May the 4th be with you, George Hill. Um, hey. <laughs> uh,
1: <okay>. um, <laughs> yeah. Living, Living no Livingston probably would would be the next, but I still I think someone's going to drop you know 12 to 15 on that guy this summer.
0: Yeah, I've got Terry Rozier above Sean Livingston, just yeah. for several reasons. Um, one, I, his contract is on a rookie-scale deal, first-round, mid-first-round pick. It's an unbelievable value for a guy like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that he can shoot better than Sean Livingston. He is a good defender. Uh, He can distribute a little bit, and I think he could fit alongside Russ. And he's like an actual trade candidate for the Thunder or for any team in the league right now because the Celtics are – going to be carrying like four point guards that deserve playing time (laughs) and you can't do that you just can't do that um along with Avery Bradley who could play some one and if you take away some of his minutes at one then uh he can't play the three I guess I guess they do play them at the three sometimes but you don't that's not ideal because he's already a small shooting guard um so they've I think they're just putting themselves in a position where they need to deal for a future asset or deal for somebody else that can play right now. And that's why I think like 21 for Rozier uh, makes a sense for both teams and that they, the Celtics just tell the Thunder, this is the player we want, or maybe they want Couric's and they can draft and stash Couric's. Uh, that, make, that would make a lot of sense for the Celtics who don't need players right now. They're overflowing with players that are good right now in their roster. Um, and then the Thunder can bring in Terry Rozier and he's the backup point guard. He can play alongside Russ, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game for him. I like him. Um, Sean Livingston, I have third, I think bringing Livingston back to the Thunder does make some sense that he can run an offense and he can shoot a little bit out of the post, but he's not a three point shooter. And that's kind of, that's, that's the thing that gives me the most pause. Uh, but he can play multiple yep. positions. He can play alongside Russ. But do we really want to bring another non-shooter to the Thunder? And my inclination is no. Especially if you have to play him like twelve million. Like the Thunder can't even do that, um, right? So that, that's where I pause with Livingston. He I does really like him. He, he does
1: move the basketball. He he yes. will do that. Yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: Um, that, that's something that could help. But yeah, again, it's we're we're talking pie in the this guy here.
0: Right, and then these other guys, as far as like fit next to Russ, I think like the next two are Darren Williams and Ray Felton. I think both those guys can run a second unit offense. Obviously, these are vet point guards, um, and then they can fit alongside Russ just fine. Like Felton and Williams are both pretty thick daddies, and they can mm-hmm. they can defend guys that are bigger than them. So I like those guys. Uh just fine. And Felton may be like a real option. Uh he had a great uh-huh. year with the Clippers and I would be very happy to have uh Raymond Felton as the backup point guard for the Thunder. It would be a massive upgrade, which sounds very strange to say, but he would be a massive upgrade. And then the the next two guys I don't neither of them can run an offense. That's why I put them back here is Will Barton and Tim Hardaway Junior as the last two on the list. I like yeah. Will Barton. Uh both these guys, I don't really love them because they're really like one positional defenders, and the Thunder typically don't go after guys like that. They're like guys that can mm-hmm. defend multiple positions. Uh, Will Barton and Tim Hardaway are basically two guards that defend two guards, and that's it. And the Thunder just don't need—they don't need any more two guards. They can only defend two guards. They've got Alex Abrines. That's that guy. Um, Oladipo can defend multiple positions, but he's a shooting guard. So those guys just don't fill a need for the Thunder. But a guy like Felton, Darren Williams is not coming to Oklahoma City. Like let's just, let's get that out of the way. Like he he's not he's very not, likely. He's not coming here. And I don't know. I don't know how interested the OKC would be in him. Uh, Livingston, if he was willing to take a pay cut, could come. Rozier as a trade candidate, and then George Hill, if Adam Silver gifts the Thunder forty million dollars to their cap. A George Hill exception. Yes, the Thunder received a George Hill exception <laughs> and are able to sign him for free this offseason. Great. Uh, but that's not happening. But good question. I think that the Thunder are going to be looking to bring in guys that can play next to Russell Westbrook. And the Thunder would like to have multiple ball handlers in a lineup. And they always have. They've always wanted that. They've always, like, Reggie Jackson was a part of that. Eric Maynard was a part of that. Uh, I think they thought Cameron Payne was going to be the next guy to do that. Um, and Samaj Christian is not that, so they they need to find somebody else that could that could yep. do that All right, next question is from Trust the void. This is from Christopher. Chris asks, you think canner's recent political stances and media attention will affect his trade value?
1: I, I I don't. Um, it could be if there's a team that is just kind of looking for a reason not to trade for them, You know, maybe they could use that. But um, I, I honestly, I, it's tricky. It's tr- I understand where people are, are coming from and asking this, but I really don't think if you're Sacramento and, and you've been scouting this guy, is this the sort of thing that's going to scare you off? I, I just don't think that it. I don't think it would I don't think it would turn an interested team the other way
0: yeah and here's why because he's doing the right thing right like he's clearly That's like he's standing up for what is right if he were you know the poster child for let's stand up for the Turkish government love what they're doing right stuff over there people would be like okay and his cantors a psycho and there's no way right getting like trade for him But he's clearly like a humanitarian guy, like he was traveling to schools and traveling to these kids' clubs and like giving money to these places and showing his support for children around the world. And then this happened to him and he still said that he's gonna continue to stand for what is right no matter what. Like that's where it just doesn't affect him. His trade value. The only team that it affects his trade value for is the Toronto Raptors because there's a legit chance that he may not even be able to travel to Toronto next next season. (laughs) Like like legitimately, they're going to have to figure something out. Um, So that would be the only team that it would affect his trade value for. But otherwise, I think he still has the same value, uh, and he also there's still massive questions about what his value is just because of the type of player he is. I think that that's right. his his defense hurts his trade value more than this incident, um, and I still think that they will try to trade him. And if they can't get anything in value in return, they're going to keep him because he actually does have value to this team in the regular season and in certain matchups in the playoffs. Like if if the Thunder end up playing the Spurs and end up with like the seventh seed, our conversation around his cantor would be completely different today because he can play against David Lee and he can play against the Marcus Aldridge. He can play against those guys. Uh, but the matchup was just really really awful for him and the conversation right now is Ennis Canter sucks um, and it was That's kind right. of the, at the end of the at the end of last season it was the same because they were you know struggling to get him out of the game against the warriors and had the thunder lost to the spurs in the second round last year or lost to the spurs in the first round this year they'd be like oh know, that inner scanner guy's not so bad. You know, like, he could play, you know, 25 minutes, and he contributed a lot. Um, But it's just, the past two summers, there's been a sour taste in our mouth with his play because there have been two really awful matchups for him. Um, And that's just the case with him. There are great matchups, and there's awful matchups for him. And it's, and there's probably, in the future, there's going to be more awful matchups than good ones. Um, So I think it would be good on the Thunder to get rid of him quickly.
1: Yeah, you know, you you mentioned a lot of things that I mean he does he does serve he does have a good role on this team. Um he kinda went from and Royce has said this, you know, went from kind of the luxury piece on a on a perennial title contender to suddenly a guy that they absolutely relied on. Um and unfortunately you get into a series where you can't play one guy you absolutely rely on, that becomes a problem. Um so it, it, it does it does bear mentioning like I, I don't think there's this idea that they have to unload him at all costs for this summer. If if they don't like the packages they're getting, they absolutely could bring him back and then wait to see what happens up. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I feel like it's a little bit like the Nat Kirstep thing where yeah. like Nat's a perfectly good center. Mm-hmm. You no, know, he's yeah, he, he does some nice things. He enjoys being here. I feel like a lot of the things we're saying about Ennis now, we probably were saying about NANAD back in the day. But the reality is like, well, for this team to, to go where it needs to go, probably need to move on from them at some point. But I, I don't think that like the Thunder are going to, you know, take the first top you know, fifty-five protected second round pick offer that comes their way. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? Absolutely not. Um, it's it's just gonna be tough and this is where Sam Presley's earning his money is where he's having to answer these questions and deal with them in real life. And it's not just like a trade machine transaction where it's like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Like this, this is going to have to shape the roster around Russell Westbrook. And let's say they do make a trade at the draft. Like Russ is going to take a look at that, and it could affect whether he wants to stay long term or not. Because um, if the Thunder do deal him for just a, you know, the 18th pick or whatever, or I think Russ will look at that and be like, huh. We just took a pretty big step back um, because NS is a guy that I know I can throw the ball to and he can score. And this 18-year-old kid that's coming in, I have no idea who they are. Um, yeah. So it, there's yeah. there's there's a balance there. It's tricky. Uh, it's <laughs> it's I wouldn't want to be making those decisions. I'll say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, these are again. These are the challenges that, again, a lot of things are fixing out there. There's only one NBA title team. I I keep having to go on radio and remind the radio hosts of this. Like, (laughs) you know, they only give out one of these things per year, right? So there's 29 failures and one champion, I suppose. Um, So in the meantime, (laughs) maybe you you don't, like, you know, just set everything on title or bust and, um, you know, maybe have a little bit of appreciation for other things. Right, Uh, but that's crazy talk. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is crazy, and I mean, the the Thunder. I mean, we can kind of dream about these scenarios a little bit, where Sam Presti deals Russell Westbrook, and they get the 2017 pick uh, from Boston, the Nets pick, and the 2018 pick, and they get Marcus Smart. And it's like, all right, treasure trove of assets. You know, Danny LaRue is going to just be dancing around for the Thunder for, like, the next, like, six months because they've got these assets now. But the trouble is, these guys have got to turn into superstars because the Thunder don't have them outside of that. So you're – that's where, like, a lot of luck comes into it. Like, the Thunder were extremely lucky that Kevin Durant was who everyone thought he was going to be. Um, And – You know the the Miami Heat were incredibly unlucky that Michael Beasley wasn't who everybody thought he was going to be. You know guys like OJ Mayo who had been like dubbed superstars from the eighth grade, like come into the league, and now OJ Mayo's out of the league because he's you know smoking too much pot. Like there's just like a lot. There's a lot of things that happen. There's no certainty in any of this. And Taylor Dickerson kind of got on me about this, but. I, I'm a guy who likes assets, too, and I love the draft, and I kind of drool over these guys, uh, but the truth is that, I mean, you get those assets for Russell, and you're looking at probably three or four years where you're not any good, and then you maybe, maybe the Thunder don't even get to 50 wins with that squad. Or with whoever becomes their their first pick in the draft in 2018, like the Thunder, maybe maybe they don't even get to 50 wins. Right and now they've got a 50 win team. Um, yep. And so I think that you got to, as long as Russell Westbrook wants to stay, I think that you have got to just got to keep trying. And the Thunder, here's the deal: the Thunder are going to rebuild, and it's and it at some be, point it's inevitable. They have to. You just have to. And maybe the rebuild Everything. will look the rebuild will look different for them, and this is one of the things where Sam having these younger guys, where it's like, oh, well maybe the Thunder don't have to completely bottom out. Um, let's say that Russ, you know, resigns this summer, but in the next three years, he's just like this, just isn't working. Uh, I would like for you to trade me to the Lakers or to whoever, so that I can finish my career off um, back at home or whatever. The Thunder can rebuild then, but they're not going to be starting from ground zero because they're going to have Sabonis, who's going to you know, have developed Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, Alex Abrinas, all these guys who are coming up to where you don't have to completely bottom out. So they're kind of in a unique position in that way. Uh, but it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a tough decision to make as a GM because Oklahoma City showed up for these bad teams back in the day whenever it was Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, when you have these, like, it's, like, a very exciting core. Are they going to show up for a team that may end up being a 40-win team or a 30-win team? Like, I just don't know. Like, the Thunder are really starting to figure out what is it like to be an NBA franchise in Oklahoma City? Because, like, the first seven years were kind of like a dream. You know, like, that's, like, if, if anyone could construct a scenario for a city to have an nba team it would have been that um so it we're we're figuring out what it's like to be an nba franchise here in oklahoma city and there's heartache and there's frustrations along with that you can ask any franchise in the nba they've all had it um so and i
1: i know that look there's there's smart people out there that you know, like you said, think go get the assets, go cash in Russell Westbrook. You know, they, some people get kind of focused on their own biases, <laughs> you know, sure. um, like I, I, on a similar thing. You can hear all kinds of debates about who's the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And then Kyrie Irving goes out and does what he does last night. Like maybe we're overthinking this because you're looking at your advanced stats that mm. tell you one thing. That tends to happen, right? Some people kind of have their own biases. Oh, if you're not that, you, you, if you're not going to compete in the next three years, just blow it all up and start all over again. Do the fans want to come out and watch that for two to three years? Probably not. May Or, or, or longer? I mean, do you think the people, like the Sacramento fans in 2005, thought, oh, okay, well, that, that's okay. We'll, we'll trade Chris Weber. We'll get some pieces. We'll be right back to where we were. They haven't been back to the playoffs since the following season.
0: No. So. Well, even look at the Spurs who did the, who did the opposite, right? They yeah they had they made the trade for Richard Jefferson, and that looked like oh well, wow, like the Spurs right? They're they're back now. Uh, Richard Jefferson wasn't right. good for them, and things were falling yep. apart. It looked like things were over for them. Some people were like blow it up, go ahead and trade Manu somewhere so you can get a first round yeah. pick. Trade Tony Parker, see what you can get for him. Um, I mean, they miss out on a title if they do that. Like, they miss yeah. out on an NBA title. I'm not saying that the Thunder are going to miss out on an NBA title if they trade Russ. I don't think they're likely to win a title even with Russ. Um, but you just you just kind of never know. Um, and you're right. You, you tear And you tear down these small markets down to nothing. I mean, you're looking... I mean, at best-case scenario, you're back in the playoffs in four years. Uh, more likely scenario, it's longer. Um, even Philly, who's not a small market... I mean, everybody's super excited about them, but they haven't had any success yet. Um, yeah. So it's it, it's it sounds good, and it's great to have these assets, but eventually these assets are going to become real live NBA players, and are they superstars or aren't they? And that's what matters, and the Thunder already have one. Um, and so they're kind of ahead yeah. of the game there.
1: And then think about this. Imagine... We'll, we'll we'll tidy up here in just a moment but think about Utah right we're talking about teams that kind of had a this 3 to 4 year rebuild mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: now look at Utah they finally you know finally put together this team that went to the second round and it could all crumble under them this summer right i mean these like these are the real struggles out there gordon hayward leaves they're just kind of back to where they were 5 years ago
0: right gordon hayward and george hill leave that's I mean they they don't make the playoffs next year. I mean Rudy, yeah. Rudy Gobert's great. Uh Dante Exum hasn't shown a lot in his career. Uh we all love Rodney Hood and wish that he was on the Thunder, but he's he's not a he's not the same level of Gordon Hayward. You're right. Yeah I think, and they could also re sign, but then they're also still in a tough position because you can't pay all these guys. Yeah, I mean they, they've they've done the
1: the draft very well thing to a slightly lesser extreme than Sam did, right? They've drafted a lot of guys except you know he doesn't Utah doesn't have three future MVP candidates on the roster. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, let's do one more question and then we'll be done. Yeah, um, from Todd Boy twenty three, something I've been meaning to ask for a long time: Why have the Thunder not worked with Adams to develop a mid-range jump shot?
1: Um, I, I'm going to defer to, cause this has been talked about with Brett and, and Royce and others. Yeah. I, I do think that, I do think that is, has been worked on. Yeah. Um, and as they explain in other podcasts, I mean, just because you go and work on it in practice one afternoon, doesn't mean you go bust it out that night in the game. Um, so yeah, I, I, think that's. I haven't seen it myself. Those guys that are there day in day out, they've seen it a lot more than I have, but from what I've picked up, like that sort of stuff, you know that's part of the evolution of his game over the years.
0: yeah, that's what I was going to say is that he's got it, uh, but he is not a guy who experiments out on the NBA court. <laughs> yeah, he can I think he's shown like fifty percent of what he can do offensively on an NBA court, and right now he's really unwilling to do anything that's outside of like four feet. From the basket, and that, that's good. But would we like to have? I mean, I think that he could shoot Lamarcus Aldridge level, not not to the efficiency of Aldridge, but he could shoot those you know long twos and probably do all right. Um, I think the corner three is not out of the question for him at some point in his career. But it all comes down to like his willingness and him being comfortable doing it out on the court because he's really. He, he's such a fascinating player because he really just wants to do what's best for the team, and I hope that he can get it in him that what's best for the team is that he scores the ball more because he mm-hmm. has been efficient, and he has been really good at it, and he is stronger than most NBA centers, um, and I would just like to see him do that. I'd like to see him develop that game and that confidence to do those things and to take the ball and for him to score, you know, 15, 16 points a game. I think he's got it in him. I think he had it in him this season. Um, but it's it's all mental from here. It's all mental. And so, can can he do it mentally? I, I don't know. Um, he may shoot 70% from mid-range in practice and never ever shoot a mid-range jumper in an NBA game. Uh, I think it'll be right. it'll be largely up to him what he wants to do and a lot of people are like well they should make it in the game plan to do it yeah I mean I think that they would probably like for that to happen but I think that it's a little bit unnoticed that these NBA players do a lot of the things that they want to do despite what the coaches want or or whatever <laughs> I mean, right. a lot of that stuff happens uh, yeah. so a lot of people complain about Russ and Billy Donovan well Russ is probably doing a lot of stuff he wants to do on the court despite what Billy right. Donovan's drawing up uh, Right. and the Thunder may be encouraging Steven behind the scenes like man you gotta shoot more you have gotta get the ball more you gotta call for it you gotta demand the ball and he's like oh, okay whatever um, yeah. I, I, I suspect that that's happening a lot
1: yeah same thing by the way Andre Robertson is working on his free throws in practice
0: Along those same. Yeah. Yeah. I I was on Reddit yesterday and somebody was like, "Uh, I hope Andre Robertson's working on his shot. I'm like, okay. Guaranteed (laughs) he's working on his shot as we speak. That guy works as hard or harder than anybody on the Thunder. And he wants to be a good shooter. Like, he really does. Like, Believe it or not, this really awful shooter wants to be a good shooter. People are like, well, if he just put up 500 shots today, well, he's probably doing that. He's doing that. Like, he's trying. And he's working with shooting coaches, and they're trying to reform his shot. But there are just some guys that can't shoot the basketball. And I think that Andre Robertson happens to be one of those guys.
1: He may be. He may be. But, uh, yeah, in other words, just because I don't know. I, I don't know why that is. Like, why are they doing this in practice? Like, well, just because you're not privy to what's going on in practice, don't assume it's not being done. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know,
0: the Thunder want Stephen Adams to shoot jumpers eventually, yeah. and they also want Robertson to make free throws. <laughs> they want those things to happen, and they're working on that. Yeah.
1: I mean, you you could send me to a, you could send me to a programming class for a week. That doesn't mean that then I'm ready to become a SQL database, you know, admin. Exactly. You know, these yes. things these things take
0: time. Yep. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at John M Ham. We can listen to you locally on the franchise 107.7. I'll go eat at Anchor Down for lunch. Go eat there. Uh, they also have late night, so go check them out. And we will talk to you guys on Friday.